0: We've been asking the question, how's your soul? For many of you, it may be the very first time you've ever really evaluated that. It may be the first time you've ever really thought about the answer to that question. and Maybe it's the first time you've really ever even been asked. I get that. The question is, is are we really willing to let God help us figure out what the answer is to that question? The truth is, is that the Bible makes it clear, Psalm 107, verses 8 and 9, that, that God's love is unfailing. That his goodness toward us, his wonderful deeds that he has shown us are, are something that, that his, his desire is that to make a reality in our life every moment of every day. He is alone the one who satisfies the longing soul. He, he alone is the one who fills the the hungry soul with good things. That's that's his desire. He can do that. He can satisfy your soul. He can fill your hungry soul with good things. And, and the thing about it is, again, and Aaron mentioned this last week, and I've mentioned it several times, you and I don't get to define that good. We, we would like to. We we believe that we know what's good for us. We we believe we we have the, our best interest in mind and, and yet at the same time what we end up oftentimes doing is we end up really we end up being satisfied or we end up thinking that we're satisfied with leftovers. I don't know how many of y'all how many of y'all like to eat leftovers. I, I like leftovers, they're good. But let's just be honest, leftovers are not as good as when it's sitting there on the table just coming out of the oven, and, and, it's, and it's just amazing that that initial meal is incredible. I mean, I, I know microwaves and, and uh, you know, those uh, new fryer ovens that they got, all that kind of stuff, like they can make stuff taste pretty good, but it's not as good as the original. And so often that's what we settle for is leftovers, when God wants to give us good things that will satisfy our hungry soul. And He alone is the one that gets to define those. And, and we have to come to, to terms with, are we going to let God define those for us, or are we going to try to take matters into our own hands like we often do and end up not satisfied? Because that's what happens is we take it into our own hands, we end up not satisfied and we end up having to go out and find more and more and more and other and other and other in order to try to fill up our soul. And the reality is none of that stuff can fill up a God-shaped hole that's in our soul. The only one that can do that is God. And so what do you want? Do you want to, to live your life on leftovers? Or would you like to take a bite of God's seven-course meal that he has for you. And it'll be the most incredible meal you've ever had. It'll be a satisfying meal for all of eternity. But I can't make you choose that. You choose that. But God definitely does give us, in his word, things that he tells us are good and that will fill our soul. And good number one is, is redemption. Redemption. What does that mean? Simply, it means this being made right with God. God has made a way possible for us to be right with Him because you and I all have a problem. That problem is sin, and sin separates us from God. Every one of us, the Bible says, all have sin, all fall short of the glory of God, and there's a wage for that sin. And the wages of sin is death, spiritual separation from God for eternity. But that's not God's desire. See, that's what leftovers will lead you to. God's desire is is the but, and that's, he gives us, he gives us, it says, the wage of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. That's what God wants. God wants to give you eternal life through his son Jesus. Galatians 2.20 says, I've been crucified with Christ It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. The life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Have you come to a place where you realize your need for Jesus? Not just an intellectual need, but a soul need. A need that, that you know in your soul, I do not have a relationship with Jesus, or I do have a relationship with Jesus. And what happens is when you put your faith and trust in Jesus, he redeems us, he makes us right with him, and he gives us everything that he has to offer. Everything. Paul Bible says clearly, God has given us everything we need for life and for godliness. That's good thing number one is redemption. Good thing number two is rest. Matthew eleven twenty eight 28 through 30, "'Come to me,' Jesus says, "'all who labor and are heavy laden, "'and I will give you rest.'" take my yoke upon you learn from me for i am gentle and lowly in heart and you will find rest for your soul my yoke is easy my burden is light what he's talking about is relationship what he's talking about is teaming up with god that's yoking up yoking up with jesus is teaming up with jesus and realizing that what god's desire is is that i remember and i look at and i and i and i just stay still, be still and know that I am God, that, I, that in the moments of my life I'm resting in Him, knowing that He is good and that He is loving and that He is compassionate and that His His love is unfailing and that His desire is, is that I would know that goodness, rest in that goodness, and as a result it's for my good. And that rest comes in taking a break from everything that would try to distract me from God. And this life is full of that. And and we're inundated by it all around us. Every single day, there are things that come along, things that happen that try to distract us away from the goodness of God, from the reality of God in our lives, and try to get us focused on things, again, leftovers, that cannot satisfy when only God can satisfy And it's in those moments of rest that we can stop, take a break, focus on the goodness of God for our good. Are you taking time to rest? I'm not asking you if you're sleeping right. That that may have something to do with it. Just saying. Lack of sleep or not being able to sleep could be an indicator of what's going on in your soul. Just being honest. So are you taking time to rest in him, to focus on the goodness of God, and not just once a day? Y'all, I, I don't know about you, but, but again, I'm not against daily devotions. I think that's a good thing. But if that's all you do, think about it in your life. If, that, if you ate one meal a day, where would you, that would not be satisfying by the end of the day. I don't know about anybody else, but I know when I, if I do my devos in the morning, life gets going, I forget what I read in the morning. Is there anybody else like me, or am I just alone? Um, I, I need to be feasting on the goodness of God all day long. That's resting. Resting is figuring out how can I focus on God even in the busyness and the craziness of my day. Number three is restraint. Galatians five sixteen. but I say, walk by the Spirit and you will not, look at that, you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. What is restraint? Restraint is saying no. No to what? No to sin. And saying yes to God. Restraint is is saying no to the things that would take me away from God, pull me away from the goodness of God, pull me away from what God wants to, to fill up in my life, and saying yes to him. And so am I intentionally saying no? If I'm walking by the Spirit of God, I will not gratify the desires of my flesh. I will be able to say no to sin and say yes to him. Are you finding yourself... Saying no to sin and saying yes to him. Good thing number three is restraint. Good thing number four is relationship. Aaron talked about this last week. Hebrews chapter 10 verses 24 through 25. Let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together as are the habit of some, but encouraging one another all the more as you see the day drawing near what's that day drawing near the day drawing near is the end and and here's the deal guys i'm i'm not i'm not a predicting of when the end is coming but here's what i can tell you according to the bible the end is coming and i know today is closer to the end than yesterday And what this verse says is that you need to be meeting together with other people, encouraging one another, stirring one another up to love and good deeds, not less as the day approaches, more as the day approaches. The question you need to ask yourself is, am I surrounding myself with relationships that breathe life into my soul? Now, there's always going to be those people who suck life out of your soul. Am I? Y'all have some of those people in your life? So again, a few of you raise your hand. Some of y'all are just scared to raise your hand. Um, we all do. Are you surrounding yourself with people who are breathing life into you? Stirring you up to love and good deeds, encouraging you. That, in order for that to happen, you have to be in proximity to other people. Now, again, I'm not talking about some of y'all, you walk in here, and because you're whatever, um, a big crowd freaks you out. That, that's okay. I, there is no, please understand, we do the meet and greet thing. You do not have to participate in that. That is not like, oh, you must do that or you're not a Christian. I'm, that is crazy. Some of y'all, it's just like, ugh, I just can't do it. That's okay. Some of y'all are like, you know, go around and talk to everybody. Um, that's okay too. I'm not not saying you, you have to have a relationship with 400 people. I'm saying you need to have a relationship with other people. That's what the spurring one another on, that indicates one another. There's somebody else in your life that's spurring you on. So relationship, good number four. So here's what I want to do to help you try to remember this. Stand up, if you can. Stand up time okay we're good so i'm um, gonna give you some motions to go with the words you ready some of y'all are like oh man i was just about falling asleep duh why i have you stand up um all right so here we go redemption redemption arms up i love getting people to do this in church it's so great arms up redemption rest rest uh Some of you are like, oh, that feels good. Um, Restraint, no, no, no. Uh uh. And then relationship, dab somebody. Dab somebody, give them a bro hug. If your wife is here, your husband's here, give them a big old kiss on the lips, on the cheek, I don't care, whatever. Yes, it's church, and I'm saying to do that, go for it. my wife told me after last service that she was going to run up here and give me a big kiss. And I was like, why didn't you? <laughs> i like, man, come on, baby. Um, but anyway, so here we go. Ready? Redeem, rest, restraint, relationship. Whatever you got to do. All right, good. Let's have a seat. Good job. See, now now what's crazy is just saying those things and doing those motions I don't know about you but they breathe life into me. Some of y'all are like, "Oh yeah, I feel that." Amen. That's what that's what I'm talking about. And that's just saying them and doing some motions. Can you imagine if you are going, "Okay God, I want these every day in my life. All throughout my life. Every moment of every day I want to I want to feel that redemption. I want to be in rest, I want to I practice restraint, I want to be in relationship, and then this, Latin, this next one, some of y'all are going to struggle with, because good thing number five is found in Genesis chapter two, so if you would, go there, turn there to Genesis chapter two, or scroll there on your uh, electronic device, Genesis chapter two. What is Genesis chapter 2? Well, I can tell you this. Genesis chapter 2 is not a separate creation account. There are some people, some theologians that teach that Genesis 1 was one creation, and then Genesis 2 is another creation. That is a bunch of baloney. All right? Um, That is not it. Genesis chapter 2 is a more in-depth description of what was happening in Genesis chapter 1, specifically with mankind. So God has created Adam, God has created Eve, he's placed them in the garden, and it is a perfect environment. No sin has entered the picture yet. No sin has tainted everything that God had created. That has not happened yet. They walk in relationship with each other, and they walk in relationship with God, and in verse 15, we find the good thing that God has given to man, and this is something that may be hard for some of you to grasp. The Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to what? To work it and keep it. Good thing number five is responsibility. Responsibility, a.k.a. work. Some of you are all like, oh, my word. Did he just say that? Work. Notice something about this. God does not command Adam to work it and keep it. There's there's not a command there. It is just an, an innate, a part of their DNA, a part of their identity, a part of being created in the image of God to work I don't know if that blows you away, but it blows me away when I think about that. God did not command them to work. God created them, put them in the garden, and they worked it. They kept it out of who they were in the image of God, which shouldn't surprise us because when we look at God, he worked for six days and then rested on the seventh. And yet we think that the absence of work is actually freedom. Freedom. We think that the absence of work is actually what breathes life into us. No, according to the word of God, God has given us a work to breathe life into our soul. And and some of you all are sitting here thinking, wait, I hate my job. I do not like any of the people that I work with. You do not know the people that I work with, you do not know the job that I'm in, you do not know the boss that I have, you do not know the pay that I'm getting, you do not know the fact that I've been looking for a job and haven't been able to find a job, you you do not understand all that, And then yet, some of you, you also have this mentality that that you're a workaholic, and if I just work a little more, if I just take some more time away from my family, my friends, and my life, then I'll find significance in my work. And then there's the opposite side of that. Some of you are so lazy that you won't even get up and try to work. Because your work is like a... A, it's like you're allergic to it. Now, don't look at anybody and don't point at anybody and don't poke anybody in the ribs. Because I think in all of us, there is a tendency for either one. We can lean to either side. And, and so, what, what are we talking about here? I am not talking about changing your circumstances. But what I am asking you to do is, is the problem really your job, or is the problem your attitude toward your job? And when I say that, that statement is a soul statement. Is is the problem really your job, or is the problem more about the condition of your soul? Why do I say that? Because when you look at this word work in verse 15 of chapter 2 in Genesis, the word in the original Hebrew is the same word and has two separate meanings besides work. To the Hebrew people, they would understand this. One of the meanings that it has is worship. They believed all of life is worship to God And in my work, in what I do, I actually am worshiping the one true living God. In Exodus, where Moses asks, and he goes to Pharaoh and he says, let our people leave so they can go out and worship God. That's the same word as the word work here in Genesis chapter 2, verse 15. Most of the time throughout the Old Testament, they're used interchangeably. Why? Because what God is saying and what Adam is demonstrating is that I can worship God in my work. My heart's attitude can be about when I go to work, when I do what I'm called to do, when I do, when I do whatever it is that I do, I actually am worshiping God in the midst of that. And it's not about your role, it's about your responsibility. And and that's why Paul can write in Colossians chapter 3, whatever you do, work heartily as for the Lord and not for men, knowing that from the Lord you will receive the inheritance as your reward, you are serving the Lord Christ. Is it possible that the way you've been looking at work is not from a Soul standpoint of worshiping God, but from a standpoint of this is what I do instead of this is who I am. I am a worshiper of God and I can work and worship God at the same time. The other meaning of the word work is serve. My dad, my dad, I, I love my dad. He was a very wise man, but he would sing songs that would drive me insane. One of them was Have Patience. Oh, I don't like that, that song. Um, the other was, he would start singing, and I won't do it because it will hurt your ears. Um, Make me a servant. Humble and meek. Lord, let me lift up those who are weak. And may the prayer of my heart always be, make me a servant. And, and you know what he'd do? He'd do that when we were out cleaning cow manure out of the stalls. And then, and then putting it into the manure spreader and heading out to the field to spread it. And if any of you have ever spread manure... It's not pretty picture. Let's just put it that way. And it doesn't smell good. Make me a servant. What was, what was my dad trying to get across to me my thick skull? Son, this is more about you worshiping God and serving other people than it is about you being happy. The idea of serving here is that very thing, living beyond myself, pouring out myself into the lives of other people. Galatians chapter 6 verse 2 says this, bear one another's burdens, not be a bear to one another, notice that, bear one another's burdens. And so fulfill the law of Christ. What is the law of Christ? Jesus said it. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And love your, anyone? Neighbor. As you love yourself. So, wait, so my work is about worshiping God, but also it's about serving other people? Yeah. Yeah, it's about serving other people. And when we serve other people, when we do it from a right heart attitude, it fills up our soul. That's why, that's why when you hear people come back from mission trips and you hear people talk about going out and serving somebody out in the community or or they've done some other serving type of thing out, out wherever. They're so full of life and so full of, wow, I, I thought I was going to go down to Honduras or I thought I was going to go to wherever and I thought I was going to make a big old difference in whatever area I was going to, but it, what ended up happening is they made a bigger difference in my life. Why? Because you were living beyond yourself serving other people. So is it possible that what God is doing is he's called you to a role for the responsibility of worshiping God in that role and serving other people that are around that role in which you're in? And in the meantime, what he does is when you find yourself worshiping God in your work and serving other people in your work, he's filling up your soul and breathing life into you so that you can continue to worship him and serve other people around you giving of yourself is not easy but god has created you for good works how do i know that ephesians chapter 2 verse 10 we are his workmanship Aren't you glad that God works in us? Aren't you glad that God is is our, he's the one that's doing this workmanship in us? Created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. God created us for good works, not because of good works. We are not saved by our good works. Rather, we are saved to or for good works. Good works are important in the life of the believer. Judas Smith says, they are what we are designed to do. Some of you are here today and you may be thinking, you know what? I can't be used of God. I've so screwed up my life. I've so made... I made so many mistakes, I've made so many I've blown it so many times. How could I possibly worship God and serve other people? I have nothing left to give God. There's nothing that I could possibly give to him. I wonder if Adam felt that way. God had given Adam this work in the garden. They commit sin. They sin against God. They do the one thing they're told not to do. One thing. And you know what's awesome? Is that when you look into Genesis chapter 3, you know what we find out? God doesn't give up on Adam. Yes, he kicks him out of the garden. There's consequences to sin, no doubt. He kicks him out of the garden, but guess what? He doesn't give up on Adam. He doesn't throw the towel in on Adam. He doesn't doesn't cast Adam aside and say, you know what, you're worthless and then you have nothing to offer me. No, instead, look at verse 23 of chapter 3. Therefore the Lord God sent him out from the Garden of Eden to work the ground from which he was made. God gave him, continued to give him a work to do. He continued that work into chapter 4. And if you look at verses 25 and 26, he and his wife come together and they have a son. They name their son Seth. God has appointed for me another offspring. Seth also was a son born and he or had a son and his name was Enosh. Look at this, end of verse 26. At that time, people began to call upon the name of the Lord. God had not given up on Adam. He had continued to give him a work. And as a result of Adam's work, God led people to begin to call upon the name of the Lord. You you say you have messed up. Adam royally messed up. I mean, every one of us in this building are affected by what Adam did. And yet God didn't give up on Adam. Adam still had a work to do, and as a result, God used him to call people to himself. Listen, God has not given up on you. You still have a work to do. God has called you to it. He has created you in Christ Jesus. You are his workmanship, and he has good works for you to do to love God and love people, to worship God, to serve people. Don't let Satan tell you that you're worthless. Don't let Satan tell you that you have nothing to offer God. Those are lies straight from the pit of hell. God loves you. God has purpose for you. And listen, nothing is wasted in God's economy. Nothing. The very things that you have gone through in life, God wants to use in somebody else's life and you can come alongside of them, and you can walk with them, and you can be a comfort to them because you can identify with where they're at. That is not wasted time. That's God redeeming you, my friend, for the good works that he wants to do in you. And the beauty is is that that can be true of every single one of us. Why? Because all, all of life is worship to God. We're starting a, a new ministry here at Harvest Time called Stephen Ministry. And what is it? Stephen Ministry is all about walking alongside people in their deepest and darkest times in their life. And here's what I know. We're, today we're going to, we're, we're going to um, commission a group of men that have gone through the training that was not on purpose. Some have asked me, why aren't there any ladies in it? I'll just tell you why, because so far we haven't had any ladies step up to say, I'll do the training. So that's, that's a challenge to all you ladies out there. Uh, we need some ladies to step up and step into this. And don't, be, don't, be, don't, don't think just because it says Stephen ministry that that means that you're off the hook, ladies, because it's not about men, all right? It's about the body being Christ being the church. Stephen just happens to be the first deacon that gave his life as a martyr for Jesus. And he went out and he served alongside people who were in their deepest, darkest times in their life. So what we have is we have a group of guys that have gone through at least 50 hours of training. And these guys, I I can tell you every single one of them has had difficult times in their life has had difficult things that they've gone through, and they're able to identify with people that, honestly, I can't. A couple of them have gone through cancer. I've never had cancer. I can't identify with that. I can identify with that as a a brother of someone who had cancer, as a father of someone who's had cancer. I can identify with that, but I've never in my own self had that. Some of the others have gone through family issues. Some of the others have gone through other things that, 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 again, can walk alongside and be able to be with in those difficult moments. And so, as we introduce this to you, I need you to ask yourself two questions. Number one, do I need someone to walk with me in this struggle that I'm going through? Answer, if one of the good things is a relationship, then the answer to that is yes. You are not meant, to walk through the difficult part of your life on your own. The beauty is you're not on your own. If you know Jesus, you have him walking with you. But God likes to put himself into the flesh, into human body form, and you and I get to be like Jesus to other people. So ask yourself, number one, do I need someone to walk with me in this struggle? Number two, can I walk with someone who is going through a struggle? Watch this video. sickness poverty and brokenness these are not new problems since the church of acts the church has appointed teams of willing men and women people who love god and love others and want to do something about it to care for those who are broken bear one another's burdens and in this way you fulfill the law of christ now in those days when the disciples increased in number a complaint arose because people in need were being neglected, for the need was great and the leaders were stretched thin with their responsibilities of preaching the word. And the 12 disciples summoned the full number of disciples and said, this can't be right. We have to do something about this. Here was the God-given solution to have a team of people of good repute full of the spirit and wisdom to provide care to those in need. That's where Stephen came in. He was a part of the team that devoted their time to caring for widows and others who had needs daily. That way, in the midst of the booming, amazing, multiplying growth of the church, no one was neglected or emotionally left behind.
1: Today, grief, sickness, poverty, and brokenness are still around.
0: The spiritual needs of our church and our community are great. That's where Stephen Ministry comes in. We are a team. Appointed by the spiritual leaders of Harvest Time Bible Church. Who care for those who are troubled, brokenhearted.
1: This is one-on-one spiritual crisis care.
0: A partner to walk beside you. (laughs) To encourage you to keep going.
1: (laughs) To pray with you.
0: If you are going through a difficult time, we are here for you. We are here for you. We are here for you. We are here for you.
1: We are here for you. We are here for you. you. (sighs) Hello, my name is Regan Fredrickson, and we at Harvest Time Bible Church are so excited to bring you guys a brand new ministry for our fellowship. This is called Stephen Ministry. Stephen Ministry is a one-on-one spiritual crisis care team. With the arrival of Stephen Ministry, we are able to care for people all along the caregiving spectrum. So what exactly is the caregiving spectrum? So when we deal with struggles in our lives, there are categories in which people can help us. We've got our family and friends who are able to help us with our everyday problems. Once a week, people at Harvest Time gather together into life groups. That is where we can collectively bear one another's burdens as a group. So we've had our life groups and we've had our pastors, but there is this this middle section Where our friends and our family and our life groups might not be able to support us in this area. um, So we have to go to the pastors. And because our church has become so big and we have so many needs, uh, there's only so much the pastors can do. So I talked with Pastor Jason about this problem and how Stephen Ministry is coming to fill that gap.
0: I mean, every, every single one of us, even, even in Corinthians, where it talks about God of all comfort will comfort you in all of your struggles, so that you can comfort one another with the same comfort you receive, right? So, so there's this, if one person's doing it, you're taking away from the opportunity to other people, stuff that they've gone through, to be able to comfort other people. Um, because there's things that I've never been through as a pastor as an individual as a human being i've never been through that other people have been through that they can they can go you know what i can identify with what you're going through and i i know i know what comfort i received when i was going through it let me extend that to you and i can't do that there's things that i have no idea about that um people have faced that I've never faced. Don't know that ever will. But there are people within the body that have. And so giving them the opportunity to be able to do that is huge.
1: That brings in a a really good point. Um, This is a brand new ministry. We're so excited to launch it. Mm -hmm. But that doesn't mean that it is a closed Stephen minister staff, as it were. We're still looking for more people.
0: No doubt, yeah, because the, the ones that have gone through the training thus far have been all men, and uh, and there's definitely a major need for for women to, to go through the training.
1: So as you can tell, this ministry is going to be amazing for Harvest Time. We are going to have so many more people who are going to be able to bear the burdens of the church. But as you may have heard from Pastor Jason, this is a new ministry. And so while we are launching it for for people to receive care, we are still growing this amazing ministry. It is not too late to offer your help here. So if you would like to be a Stephen minister, uh, man or woman, we need you. So contact Aaron or Jason, or perhaps Dan Johnson or Mark Wilhite, if you would like to join this care team ministry. If not, and you would like to receive care, you can also contact the same people and say, I could use some help. So how can we at Harvest Time Bible Church care for you?
0: I'm going to ask the guys to come and any pastors and our deacons that are here, if you would also come, please, as well. So our team of uh, guys that have gone through this, uh, and uh, again, we're just getting this started. And, and uh, even after first service, we had some people that came and were like, hey, I, I want to get involved in being, uh, in, being in Stephen Ministry. And uh, what we're wanting to do this morning is, um, is just pray over them and commission them as they head out. And then as more people uh, join this team... Uh, We're going to be doing the same thing for them uh, as well. So the two guys that uh, they had mentioned besides Aaron and I um, are uh, Mark Wilhite, where he at. Mark's over there. Uh, And Dan Johnson is the other guy on the other end. And uh, these two guys are are leaders of the Stephen ministry and uh, excited about what uh, God's been doing in them. They're really the ones that came to me and said, hey, let's do this. I was like, yes, let's do it. Um, and they have been leading uh, these guys through uh, the last several months, Um, and and again, we will be leading uh, within the future too. So if it's something where you're like, yes, I want to get involved in that, or you're saying, you know what, I need somebody to walk with me, those two guys, or Aaron and I, would be the ones to come and talk to you. Everything is confidential. Uh, We are not going to broadcast your need all over the place. Uh, It is just between us as leaders. And uh, again, um, it is just an opportunity to, uh, to either minister to or be ministered to. And so uh, we encourage you to, uh, to get involved. But at this time, what we want to do is just kind of close the service by praying for them. So would you stand? And let's just, as the, the church, uh, being the church, uh, we're just going gonna, gonna to seem a little weird, maybe a little awkward, but here's what we want to do. We want to lay hands on these guys. And I know not everybody in here can do that, so you guys just kind of point forward with your hands, all right? Like, like, like you're laying hands on one of them, all right? I know that seems a little awkward, but that's great. Okay. Awkward's awesome. Um, and let's pray for these guys, all right? Let's pray. God, we thank you so much for uh, these individuals that are a part of Stephen Ministry. We thank you that we get the opportunity to launch this today. And God, we're asking that you would do great things far beyond what we can begin to even think or imagine. We know, We know that the need is great. We know that there are broken people all around us. And God, we just want to be the church. We just want to be the hands and feet of Jesus. And, and I know that's the desire uh, of these men's heart. And I know that there's more in this congregation that it's the desire of their heart. So I just pray that as you multiply this ministry, that you would uh, do that in, in just incredible ways. That we could just give you the praise and the honor for it. Thank you for the work that these guys have put in and uh, ask God that as uh, I know they've been worshiping you through that work and now serving other people through that work, God, I ask that you would just bless them in incredible ways. Lord, thank you for what you're going to do through this Stephen ministry. Thank you for what you're going to do through this church. Thank you for allowing us to have a place where we can be the church every day, everywhere. But we love you. We thank you for your son, Jesus. In his name I pray. Amen. Hey, uh, before you leave, there are going to be, all of us are going to stay up here and there will be some other staff uh, up here. If you need to pray with somebody, we're up here to pray with you. Have a great week. God bless. You are loved. Take care.